I'm Dr. Heather Monthy from the About the Tea and STEM podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Hey, welcome back. Today, I'm talking about my five ways that lifelines appear in your school. That's right. Last episode, I talked about the five reasons why we need lifelines. This episode, I'm talking about the five ways that lifelines appear in your schools. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Hey, welcome back. Today is the second part of my show on the reasons why we need a lifeline and what those lifelines look like. And, you know, what I'm talking about here is not like palm reading or anything like that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about you know, that idea of that life preserver, that, uh, that safety line that's thrown to you when you're drowning in the water or that, uh, that hand that's stuck out to help you and pull your head out of the, out of the quicksand, you know, to get you up to, to safety and to shore. You know, that I- idea of a lifeline, the idea that, you know, sometimes we need somebody else's help and unfortunately, a lot of times in schools, what happens is that if they set up a, a mentor program, your mentor may not be the best of mentors. And, and uh, maybe uh, the only time you see that mentor is at the very beginning of school, and then they kind of disappear, even though you're in the same building, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, there's and sometimes we're a little concerned about, uh, about, you know, about reaching out to others because it might make us look bad, you know, like, you know, we should know everything, right? It, it, it might make us look like uh, we're inept or that we don't know what we're doing or that, uh, you know, something, you know, you might have somebody say to you, what's wrong with you? Why don't you know that? You know, <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of excuses or thoughts that we have that come, come into play here. And, you know, some of it happens purely because, you know, do you, do you really trust the administrator, right? Because if the administrator is your evaluator, can you trust that person to, can you look weak in front of them? I mean, these are types of thoughts that go through people's minds. You know, you don't want it to negatively impact your evaluation. And so you might not say anything to them because you don't know whether or not it's going to make you look bad. Hmm? Right. And, and even with your, there's, there's all those nuances with our teammates and our new people that we're working with and stuff like this, that sometimes those interactions as well, you don't want them to laugh at you. You know, you might think that, oh, they might laugh at me because, you know, a newbie doesn't know anything. Uh, or, you know, whether you're new or not, it doesn't matter. You, sometimes we get behind, sometimes we get to struggling and we just need somebody's helping hand. We need that lifeline. And, you know, it's, it's sad that we have to put it in these situations but we do and it's just the reality of the position and so some people automatically reach out and they find somebody to be that lifeline for them and, I, and I'll explain a little bit about that in, in just a minute and others though they'll close their door and they'll just struggle in silence or the noise of the class whatever that is you know and it's and they'll just get further and further behind and they'll just get you know overwhelmed and the, and the day will just become not fun 
and unfortunately they'll lose their magic and excitement that they had about being a teacher. And that's not what you want to have happen. So we, you know what we've got to do is we've got to... F- we got to remember that there are reasons why we need lifelines, and we need to recognize them when they come along. So last show, I talked about my five reasons why a classroom teacher needs a lifeline. And number one was falling behind. Number two, not sure what to do or who to ask. Number three, struggling with classroom management. Number four, peer interactions. Number five, parent interactions, right? And a lot of times, there is very limited instruction in this, or it's been, you know, we were getting ready during the summer. We were getting ready during the time frame where we were getting ready to take over our first class and we're all set. We got everything going and then something happens right off the bat that causes us to go, ooh, didn't think about that or uh, <laughs> hmm, didn't have a class on that one or uh, hey, uh, what do I do now? <laughs> that type of thing. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's you ever had those little voices in your head? Oh, come on. We, we have to admit, sometimes we have those little voices, right? <laughs> so, Today, what I want to make sure that I I talk about is my five ways that lifelines look or the appearances that they become. And this this is these are the ways that you can uh, find that person who you can trust or the the thing to help the person to help you, the person who will become that helping hand up, that person who will become that lifeline to you, that person who will become the person that you talk to when you don't know what to do, that type of thing. So here we go. Five ways that lifelines appear in schools. Number one are peers. Number one, the most important one of all of them are your peers within the school. That's right. Other teachers, instructional coaches, you have these peers that are in the in the building and you're going to have to find those who, because a lot of times they mean well, very much so. They mean well, they mean well, they mean well. <laughs> You just have to keep saying that to yourself. But you'll know who are the ones that you can depend upon, right? You'll know who the ones are that, that uh, rather quickly, that if they say they'll, they're there to help, they will be there to help. And you just have to ask. And they're, they don't have, you know, they're not going to try and undercut you. They're not going to say, think poorly of you and stuff like this. They're just going to be there to help. You know, I, I always think about, uh, I was a brand new teacher in a school, and uh, we have all this stuff that we got to get done. And it was so cool because one of my colleagues in the, in the, social studies department shows up at my door and he says, Hey Steve, I'm Jim. And I just wanted to let you know that, uh, I went ahead, I found your rosters, here are your rosters. I got them for you. And I saw how many books you needed. So I went ahead and got your books for you. And he brought to me my class rosters and the number of textbooks that I would need plus the teacher's edition. And I thought this was so cool because I was so overwhelmed at that time. And, uh, this gentleman, one of my colleagues, he went ahead and took care of that for me. And uh, he went through and he showed me how the school, um, the, the department chair liked us to label our books. And he gave me some suggestions on how to distribute them during the first couple days of class. And it was it was just so needed because it allowed me then to focus on some other things. They had classes that I had to attend. The, the system had some things outside the, the school that I needed to attend as a new as a new teacher in their their school system. And Jim comes through just magnificently, and he turned out to be somebody who throughout the year, if I had a question, whether it was about how things were done in the school, like how do you get copies made, that type of thing, um, or whether it was uh, um, a question about history or whether it was just, uh, hey, I need some help with this. Can you help me? He was always there. He said it. He meant it. And he, he was uh, um, awesome advice, and he, was, he became an awesome friend. And, you know, you need 
those lifelines. He became that lifeline for me because I could bounce things off of him. And he introduced me to other people then in the building who then became additional lifelines for me. Now, along with that, I got to tell you, there were people in that building that showed right off the bat that they would never be that type for you. And, uh, you know, it's just (laughs) you're going to see that. (laughs) So you want to choose wisely here. But peers within the school are very important aspects of the lifeline that I'm talking about. They're they're the first people you want to go to. Like, you know, hey, I want to I'm thinking about uh, creating my own detention. I was wondering if maybe you might help me with this where we could split it for the week. So like I I keep all the kids for our two classes um, on Monday and Wednesday and you do it Tuesday, Thursday, that type of thing. Or, you know, you just work together. That That's how a lifeline also works. It's not just, you know, you, you wheel and deal. Like, you know, one of the things with classroom management that's, that's very helpful is if you can have a teacher next door um, because you're dealing with a kid and say, hey, can you keep your eye on my class? I need to take uh, Steve to go see somebody. <laughs> You know, or uh, um, I'm getting ready to go call Steve's parents, and uh, uh, I was wondering if you just pop your head in my class um, while I'm doing this. You know, that type of thing. It's amazing how that works as a tool also. But it doesn't happen if you just stick to yourself and you close your door and you don't ask somebody. You don't reach out and make another peer a lifeline because they can work as a lifeline in so many different ways. And that's there's just a couple right there that I gave you. So I encourage you to reach out and find peers in the school. I mean, coaches exist for the same reason. If you have, and I'm talking not about athletic coaches, I'm talking about, um, although an athletic coach could be, you know, as a peer, could be one of those people that you rely on. I'm talking about those instructional coaches that exist in your building. You know, they should be there not for uh, um, evaluation purposes, but for being a lifeline. In which case, then, if you're struggling with different sorts of ideas about uh, strategies to engage the kids, strategies to hook the kids, um, activities like how how do I actually run a learning center? How do I how do I do a uh, you know, this differentiation thing. Can you explain exactly what uh, our administration means when they say they want us to do, administ- you know, uh, differentiation? You, know, you get what I'm saying? This this is what you use these people for. And you got to reach out to them and you got to get beyond the, hi, how you doing? <laughs> In the hallways, right? <laughs> oh, I'm doing fine. Yeah, good, really good. And then you go close the door and, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Number one on my list are peers within the school. That is the number one way that a lifeline appears. And you can create your own lifelines by connecting with people. Now, the one warning and the one caveat I got to give you is be leery. <laughs> be leery of the person who wants to actually drag you down because they're drowning and they drag you down with them. And you got to be careful of that person because they seek out others to drown with them. <laughs> They're the ones who want to complain about everything. They're the ones who want to tell you that there is no solution and that you should be tired and that you should be just filled with anger over, yeah, don't let them do that to you. All right. Those, you be careful of those individuals. You want the ones who are there and will be there to help you. Just an you know, just awesome little bit of advice. But number one way a lifeline looks is peers, those coaches in your building. The number two way that a lifeline looks is the administration within the school. You know, you don't know until you try it, right? You know, and, and in some cases, it's just like with peers. Sometimes the administration might be your best lifeline and, and you're able to go to them. You know, if they uh, if some of them turn on you and decide that it's all about uh, the evaluation, that's unfortunate. And and just know that you stop, you, you know, I, you're going to have to stop using them. But if you give them a chance and say, I really need some help with this, can you help me do whatever this is, right? Whether it's I'm getting ready for a uh, 
parent conversation. You know, what an incredible tool. If, if you can work with the administrator to say, I'm getting ready to have this conversation. This is why. And I think it's going to be a little heated. What advice do you give me? Would you sit in the room with me while I'm talking on the phone or when I'm meeting? You know, there are different ways that the administration can help you with those types of um, interactions. How about, uh, um, how about helping you gather the information about how the, you know, whatever information you need to go into that classroom with, like the test scores and stuff like that. Maybe they might help you be able to get that information so when you go into the meeting you have other information at your fingertips. You know, in today's world we can get a lot of that off of these different systems, these electronic systems that we have access to, but it couldn't hurt to have somebody there to help you interpret it with the parent or to uh, talk you through it. Like a counselor can fall into that range as well. You know, Maybe what you need is you need someone to help you in getting in touch with a parent because you can't get in touch with them. So you reach out to an administrator and say, I really need some help. And see, this is what I mean. You're, you're only going to know if you try. Some people just from the bat, off the bat, they've been taught in a poor way and they think that all administration are evil. They're all bad. They're all out to get us in evaluations and therefore you can't use them. Well, that's I got to tell you, that's not the truth. Having been an administrator, <laughs> I can tell you that it's not the truth with all administrators. If you've got one of those, I'm sorry. And uh you know, that's that's not good because that's not the norm. Typically, what happens is that we're all trying to to accomplish the same thing, which is to help the kids achieve their dreams. And we got to figure out how to do this. And I want you to be successful in the classroom. So I got to figure out how to help you. You know, maybe it's that you need someone to remove a student from your class once in a while. But I got to tell you, with with administration and and helping you enforce discipline. You want them to help you enforce it. You don't want them to become the knight on the sh- you know, on the white horse type thing. You want them to help you figure out how to get the kid to accept your consequences for whatever they did in your room. So for example, like you can meet with an administrator and say, if I get you to remove a kid out of my class, can you help me come up with a, a routine in where what we're trying to do is you're trying to help me get him to attend my discipline, my consequences for whatever his actions are. Do you see where I'm going with this? If you can create this type of uh, situation with an administrator, that's awesome. For example, one of the things that I would do is that there was a kid who was always sleeping in this one teacher's class. She came to me and said, is there any way you can help me? And so what I did was I'd come in, I'd get the kid, and I would walk the kid around with me because I walked all around the building during those times, and I would make sure that he had, oh, no, stay up with me, come on, and I would talk with him. He's not able to daydream or whatever. I'd walk him around for a little bit, and then I'd take him back, and I'd say, now stay awake. Well, the teacher then would call, I would make sure that the teacher understood, call the parent, tell them I did this, that type of thing. And they developed the relationship with the parent. The kid realized that they're going back to the classroom. I'm not removing them. I'm not develop. The only, you know, the only thing I was doing was helping the teacher out during that time to remove them because they're falling asleep. Now stay awake in the class. Otherwise, this is becoming insubordination and she's going to give you some sort of, and I could talk to him about that. She's going to give you some sort of detention and you're going to need to do it, Right. So let's stay awake. Now, that's that was one that's one way. How about another way? How about the idea that if I send them to you that I'm really just trying to get you to reinforce my detention. So for example, let's say the kid doesn't show up to the teacher's detention and what you do is you reach out to the administrator and say, "Hey, I need you to call this kid in. Failed to attend my at- detention. What I want him to do is attend my detention." So basically, can you help me reinforce that? So and, you know, a lot of times this is a game that you can play with kids where the administrator basically says, this is what will happen to you. That's so much more than what the teacher has. Just do what the teacher's asking you to do. Otherwise, you're going to get into my system. And my system is all about, you know, we got a lot of consequences coming there. Is that really what you want? No, you want to attend the teacher's 
detention. Go make up. You did what you did. Go in there. Do what the teacher asked you to do and be there. And in the end, basically what you're trying to do is get the administrator to make you into the strong person. All right. They're not going to escape your consequences. And that's a game that you play. Well, that's how an administrator can become a lifeline for you. It's beyond instruction. It's beyond the other it's the other stuff. It's all about helping you be the person in charge of the classroom. And that means you got to sit down, you got to connect with the administrator. You got to talk with them about this. You know, one of the things that uh, as a principal I used to tell my administrators if a teacher sends you a a student don't send the kid back to them that class period. Keep them out. Make sure that you talk with the teacher, find out what they need you to do and what happened. Because sometimes a teacher just wants them removed for that time. They're going to call the parent. They're going to talk with them. They want, you know, they're going to have the kid attend some detention. And all you're doing is acting as a holding cell. <laughs> but the point is, is that that is an effective tool if the teacher and administrator work together on that. And that's what I mean by it. that administrator can easily become a lifeline. You know, to any administrators out there, it's real important that you not send that kid straight back into that classroom because a lot of times then you're just going to end up with more trouble having it. <laughs> and it also looks like uh, the teacher has no authority. You don't want that. All right. So number one is peers within the school. Uh, this is a way that a lifeline looks. Number two, administration within the school. And and I got to tell you something. Reach out to them. You, and right off the bat, you're probably going to know who you can work with and who you can't. But sometimes the teachers, you know, they they don't really know the administration that well. Some of them, maybe some of them had a <laughs> had a wrong interaction or or uh, you know a much deserved wrong interaction that type of thing. Um, you got to figure it out for yourself. Sometimes you know others might steer you the right way, but sometimes they might steer you the wrong way, and you might not realize that that person really will help you. All right. So administration, you don't know until you try. <laughs> okay? So, lifelines in a school, peers within the school, administration within the school. How about number three? Colleagues in professional organizations and universities. Right. How about reaching back out to people you worked with in those universities or uh, as you're working on your degree? Did you connect with any colleagues there? Do you have a professor there who was in charge of something you could reach back out to? Or within professional organizations, like in, in uh the state of Georgia, we have an organization, we have teacher organizations that have uh, different uh, coaches and instructional people that can uh, help teachers, as well as um, we have a, a, an organization that exists in 16 different regional areas called RESAs, and uh, they have staff who are, uh, um, their, part of their job is to figure out how to help classroom teachers, and uh, all you got to do is say, hey, I need some help, and, uh, and whether they have a class for it or whether it's an individual who's going to sit down with you, um, you've got professional organizations, I guarantee you in your state, in your area, that probably can help you, right? And uh, all you know, you don't know unless you fail to, you know, if you fail to ask, you'll never know. That's my point. <laughs> so number one way that a lifeline looks is peers within the school. Number two way is the administration within the school. Number three are colleagues in professional organizations and universities, right? Um, how about Colleagues connected through social media is number four. That's right, like Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook groups. You know, I, I got to tell you something. There are lots of educators out there, and you just have to be, you know, you just have to be discerning about what information you get and whether it's helpful or not. But you'd be surprised how many of them are. You send a, uh, you tweet at somebody and you say, "Hey, this is what I'm working on. Could you help me with this?" You'd be amazed. 
you'd be amazed at the immediate responses you'll get back. And you're not, you know, you're just not sending it out there into the wild blue yonder. It's somebody that you've been following for a while. It's somebody that you've been downloading their stuff that you, you know, you like the stuff that they, they uh, create or they share in their social media for their classroom. You know, there's any number of things like I, I can point to any number of teachers that show you amazing ways to deal with incoming work and outgoing work to deal with the systems that you put in place for when a kid is absent and how they come back and how they deal with getting caught up or how about the procedures that you put in place for substitutes i mean i could show you any number of ways that you know there are people online who have systems and they can share with you pictures of how they deal with this stuff Another way a, a lifeline looks are colleagues connected through social media like Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook groups. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more than sharing, you know, recipes and it's more than, uh, you know, watching funny cat videos. You know, this is, you can connect with your colleagues that are in other places, other states, other countries who have some suggestions for helping you. All right, so if number one way that a lifeline looks and appears in schools is peers within your school, like teacher, other teachers and coaches. Well, the second way is the administration within your school. The third way are colleagues in professional organizations and universities, whether it's professors, whether it's uh, um, organizations like RISAs, uh, CESAs, ESAs, um, and other types of professional organizations that represent teachers and such. In the state of Georgia, we have a couple, GAE and PAGE, the, uh, that uh, have staff that you can reach out to. The uh, number four, colleagues connected through social media like Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook groups, and not just anybody. You hopefully have been following some of these people and you realize they create some good stuff. I'll reach out to them. They seem like they got a handle on it. Maybe they can help me with this idea. Well, then the fifth way is another way through, uh, through the Internet. Colleagues connected through YouTube channels and audio podcasts like this one. You know, there's, there are many different audio podcasts and YouTube channels that are focused at helping educators at class helping classroom teachers and and you need to take advantage of that if you follow them subscribe to their shows and listen to them most times they either have an email or they have a phone number or they have a twitter account that you can send something to them and ask them a question and you know there's nothing better i, I do my own audio podcast i have my own youtube channel and i love it when somebody reaches out to me and asks me if i might be able to help them with something and that's an incredible way right there. Sometimes you don't even need to reach out because they've got the video that they've made that exactly addresses your situation. Or they've got the, uh, the audio podcast. They've got the interview that's going to help you. Or just that, that one episode that's going to help you with you know, getting in place those five procedures that you need to do now. You know, that type of thing. Or maybe you're trying to learn how to use YouTube in the classroom. You know, you're going to find plenty of people there. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, the use of uh, connecting with colleagues on uh, on YouTube and audio podcasts is an incredible way because typically you're going to have, you know, it, it, it's a little more anonymous feeling when you're uh, reaching out to someone on Twitter or, or uh, Pinterest or something like this. But I got to tell you, when you're reaching out to someone with an audio podcast, if it's an audio podcast you've been listening to for a while, you probably feel like you know them after hearing their personal stories and them talk about all the different things that they, they're working on or the different people they're interviewing. And the same thing with YouTube. With YouTube, then you actually get to see them, you know, you usually get to see them talking and or interviewing and doing whatever so you know i can't say enough about reaching out to those uh, colleagues that you uh, that are running those youtube channels for teachers and uh, and running those uh, audio podcasts for uh, classroom teachers you know that's those are incredible 
resources that you have at your disposal that, you know, in the past we really didn't have because now we have the ability to, they're right there. If you've got a smartphone, if you've got an Android, you can subscribe to these shows and they usually have easy ways for you to get back in touch with them. So you need to take advantage of that. So what I was talking about today is five ways that lifelines appear in schools. And remember that idea of the lifeline is that this is somebody you can reach out to when you're struggling, you're drowning, you're, you just need that, uh, you need that life preserver, you need that helping hand up, you need somebody to say, hey, I got this for you, I can help you with that. And this is the way they look in schools. Number one, peers within your school, teachers and coaches. Number two, administrators. Yeah, believe it or not, administrators can be that way. Um, number three, colleagues in professional organizations and universities. Number four, colleagues connected through social media like Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook groups. And number five, colleagues connected through YouTube channels and audio podcasts like this one. <laughs> I hope this is helpful to you. Remember that uh, we do need lifelines. We do need to be able to admit once in a while that we're struggling and that we're drowning. And we got to have those people who we reach out to that give you that helping hand, that give you that life preserver, that, that throw you that line, that help you get your head above water and get you back on track and make you feel good about helping kids achieve their dreams, man. Because that's what it's all about. Thanks for listening. If I can help you, shoot me a line. Shoot me an email. Maybe I can be that lifeline for you. Have an awesome, awesome day. Hey, have you got a question or two or maybe a thought or a suggestion you'd like to share with me? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at stephenmiletto at gmail.com. Stephen spelled with a V. Mileto is M-I-L-E-T-T-O. Or if you're located in the United States or Canada, you can call my Google voice number at 478-353-5471. Love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Take care. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.